Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Good afternoon, and welcome to today's Lifting Lessons at Lunch. I hope you've had a good day so far. We're looking forward to continuing in our study of the book of Revelation here on this Friday. I thank you for taking the time to join me and to look into God's word today. We're going to be looking at the fourth church and the last church that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 2. So I'd like for you to go there with me if you don't mind. And we will read this this letter together and then we will talk about what God has for us out of this, this passage of scripture. In Revelation chapter 2, starting in verse 18, it says... And unto the angel in the church of Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and then that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds." And I will kill her children with death. And the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already... Hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give him power over the the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as a vessel, as the vessels of a potter, shall shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear, what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So we see this final uh, letter here in the chapter 2 of Revelation is to the church of Thyatira. And it's interesting, this is the longest of all the letters that were written to the seven churches, and yet it was written to one of the smallest cities. The description that God gives here of himself in verse 18 is interesting. It says, saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass, the feet would indicate that he has a strong message, something that's solid for these people. It may be a hard saying, but it's something that they must receive. He has an important message for them, a a difficult message maybe, um, as we will see soon. Um, And also he has eyes like unto the flame of fire, seeing into the very souls of men, seeing and trying their works and knowing their works even better than the men on the outside can see. God knows the inner workings of a man. He knows what is going on inside of us. There's a famous temple here 
um, in this city, and it was to the uh, god Apollo or the sun god, which again is interesting that, that Christ would describe himself as having flaming eyes. Um, that is interesting to, uh, considering that Apollo was the sun god. John gives a stern message from God here. In verse 19, we see commendation, right? We see that Christ is acknowledging the good things that have been done by this church. It says in verse 19, I know thy works and thy charity, your love and service and, and faith and your patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. So just reading that description, this church sounds great, right? They're love, they're loving, they're faithful, they're patient, they make the last to be first. They're putting others ahead of themselves. They're doing a lot of the right things, as we've seen with some of these other churches. But then Christ changes the tone here in verse 20 and says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. Thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things that are sacrificed to idols. Verse 20 shows us a completely different picture of what's going on here in that church. This church was kind of the opposite of what we read in the church of Ephesus, right? Now, Ephesus, they were doing a lot of the right things, but they had lost their love, right? They had lost their first love, which should have been Christ. This church was doing a lot of the right things. They were loving, but they were not good at, at or deciphering and discerning uh, false prophets, as we see here. Ephesus was really good at that. They were able to divide the truth and see what was right and what was wrong, but not the church at Thyatira. They had difficulty with that, and God calls them out on that. This woman Jezebel that's mentioned here in the Bible was instrumental in causing the church to allow Roman religion in, as well as other false doctrines that, doctrines that were not pleasing to the Lord. God says here, you've allowed this woman to come in and to seduce you. She's caused you to, to uh, commit fornication and to eat things that are offered to idols, things that are expressly forbidden by God in this church. And it, they've allowed these things to go on in their uh, church. She was actually given an opportunity. We see here later that this woman Jezebel that's mentioned was given an opportunity to repent as well as her followers, but she did not. And God said, I'm going to do away with her children with death or and, and saying her children, he meant her followers, those that have followed her, those that have gotten into these things, these immoral acts that this woman has caused, they're going to be killed along with her. They're going to be given the same punishment. Thankfully, verse 24 tells us that not everyone in the church at Thyatira was unfaithful. Some were faithful, and, and we see here in verse 24, it says, But I say, but unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. The burden that I put upon Jezebel and upon her followers, even the followers that were in the church, I'm going to put a heavy burden upon them. I'm going to destroy her and her followers. But yet here we see the ones who resisted, the ones who overcome, those are the ones who God is not going to put an extra burden on. He didn't make any demands of them. He just asked them to continue to resist the evil that was going on in their church. They're promised that they would have authority over nations. As we see, they're going to rule with a rod of iron. And God is going to break in, in pieces 
um, some of those vessels that described it as a potter's vessel that's broken. And Christ is going to rule with a rod of iron. And he said, those that overcome will rule with me. You'll be there with me. You'll rule with me if you overcome. So what are we seeing here in this church? We see what I believe is a, a socially conscious church. I, I want us to look at a few things and compare this church with the church of today. Now, when I say some of the things that I'm going to say today, I'm not necessarily talking about Calvary Baptist Church, so please don't get me wrong. I believe that we are better than some of the things that I'm going to list here, but we have to be so careful because we can get so complacent. We can be so happy with the way things are that we allow something false to slip through the cracks. That's what happened here. They were doing the right things. They were serving God. They were loving. They were patient. They were putting others first, but yet they allowed something to slip in that could have completely destroyed their church, and it did destroy some lives, as we see here. Thyatira was a socially conscious church, although it was morally weak. Does that sound familiar? If you look around at all of the churches that we see nowadays, that we have a lot of socially conscious churches but these churches, in a lot of cases, not every case, but a lot of cases, these churches are morally weak. They have no sound doctrine to fall back on. They don't teach their people from the word of God. They teach them from their own opinion, or they teach them from the opinion of the masses so that they can build numbers. This church tolerated evil, and they didn't call out false prophets, and that's a rampant issue in our church in America today, really the church worldwide. As a result, this church was warned with swift judgment of God. God was so good that he didn't forsake them, and he gives them opportunity to repent, but unfortunately some of them didn't. Some of the churches today are so focused on numbers that they allow doctrine to just slip right out of the window. No thought for doctrine whatsoever. I'm so glad that we serve a gracious God. So our question today is, how do we have a successful church that does not tolerate evil? How do we determine when something is false? I love the analogy that our pastor uses sometimes when he's describing how to identify something that's false. When bankers are given money to study, they're not given the counterfeit money to try to figure out what money is counterfeit. There's so many different versions, right? There's so many different types of counterfeit money that would be impossible. They're given the real thing. They're given real money, money that is legitimate. They're given money that they know is real so that they can study it, so that they can feel it, so that they can look at the con consistency of the paper, so that they can look at the, the writing and the markings of the paper, so that when something false comes along, they can identify it. Somebody hands me a false bill, I'm going to know that that's not real because I've studied the real thing. This is how we answer the question of how to have a successful church and yet weed out false doctrine. If we've studied the real thing, if we know God's word, we're not going to allow false doctrine in. Calvary Baptist Church, if we are grounded in the word of God, if we listen to sound doctrine that is preached out of the word of God, then we're going to know when something is false. We're going to know when someone comes in and tries to preach a prosperity gospel. We're going to know when someone is trying to affirm things that are clearly described in God's word as wrong and sin. We're going to be able to identify that. We're going to be able to mark those people. 
and we're going to know that they're false teachers. This church didn't have the completed scriptures like we do, but we have them here. We have no excuse as Calvary Baptist Church or as any church, as the church of God. We have completed scriptures here, and we should be able to weed out those things that are false. God's given us his word to study, to meditate on, to memorize. But God didn't just stop at his word. Thank the Lord that he gave us the opportunity to be saved. When those of us who are saved accepted Christ, he came to live inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us as we go through scriptures and as we live our lives and listen to these things that are presented. There are so many false doctrines out there. I can't even get into everything that is out there right now. But if we as the church will just simply focus on what God has given us, if we will study the real thing, then we're going to know when the false thing comes. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. We have to be ready. I told our young people last night, it was a different, um, or Wednesday night, it was a different topic that we were talking about, but we have to decide now. Before something false comes in, before someone stands up or we hear a preacher on TV or we hear a, pre a clip on the internet, we have to know God's word so well that when someone says something false, we're able to identify it. We're able to mark it immediately. That, that is not right. What that person said is against scripture. And we have to mark that person. We don't keep listening to it. We don't keep studying into those things because we have what God wants us to have right here. I encourage you today, spend time in God's word. Study his word. Don't just study it, but meditate on it. Go back to it. Look at it. He's going to show you things that are fresh and new. Maybe things that you've never noticed before out of God's word. That's what's so amazing about our Lord and our Savior. He's so good to us. I encourage you to look into God's word today. Go back and look at this in this church and see how we need to differ as a church from some of the things that this church, church did. God's given us a warning, right? He gave us these letters to these churches for a reason so that we can make application to our own life to the life of our church and so that we can make changes when they're necessary. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. I thank you for taking the time to listen to this today and I hope it's been a blessing to you. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. God bless you.